We now move on to the next part of this particular session, which deals with modern challenges. And we all will be very familiar with perhaps uh, the, the Muslim Ummah is facing at this current point in time in terms of intellectual warfare, where this, uh, the LGBTQ plus agenda is being forced down our throats through school curriculums, magazines, uh, media, uh, entertainment, even uh, cl the clothing industry, you see that the agenda is being pushed and we are being forced to ad uh, you know, adopt and, and accept this very perverted mentality uh, which, uh, inshallah, our guest, uh, Maulana Muhammad Amir, who, is, uh, who serves at the Darul Ihsan Humanitarian Center and is well-versed in this particular topic, Maulana will be addressing a practical approach to this problem of the LGBTQ, and we hand over to him with that. Jazakumullah khairan. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmadu wa nusalli wa nusallimu ala rasulihi nabiyyil kareem. Amma ba'd. My most beloved and dear learners, students, young friends, and our youth. Uh, Alhamdulillah, gives us great pleasure and honor to be here today at this convention. And uh, I know it is already a long morning, and uh, many of you probably are mentally a bit tired now, and uh, you probably had a break, but you need another break also. So maybe we'll ask everyone to recite Durood Sharif, Allahumma salli ala. Sayyidina Mawlana Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Mawlana Muhammad wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Your attendance of this uh, convention and this program is very important in your life. Uh, your intention should be that this must become an opportunity for me to reach a new uh, height in my life. That whatever I'm going to learn here and whatever I'm going to take away from this program is going to give me a new drive in my life. I'm going to become a better person, I'm going to have higher goals, and I'm going to try to achieve much more than I probably thought before I came for this program. So these are programs in your life when, the, you can call them life-changing programs. There's always a point at your life, like uh, our brother Idris Hamisa had mentioned, that at one point he was not a reader, but there came a time when he started reading, and from there he took off academically. So like that, this program can be a, a moment in which you take off in your life. You know, a, a, a flight, it only begins to really uh, progress in its destination, not when it's on the ground or the runaway, but when it's in the air, then it's flying. So you're going to have to start flying at some point in your life, inshallah, and this could be the program. And you should make that intention that there are so many ulama ikram here, there are so many uh, professionals and academics who, are, who have given us different type of uh, ideas and information and knowledge. And inshallah, this knowledge we will use to actually uh, start flying. So today's program, uh, my topic that has been allocated is on the gender identity crisis. And we have all heard about the LGBTQ and the colors and the rainbow. And recently, uh, anyone follows World Cup here? Anyone knows there's a World Cup happening at the moment? One person, mashallah. All buzrooks here, man. Or two, three, four, mashallah. All right. So everybody knows there's one World Cup happening at the moment. And one player, what happened when he kicked the ball? Where he kicked it? In the? Where he aimed for? 
rainbow somebody said yeah you aim for the rainbow right so now that is our topic we got a rainbow topic here now the idea my dear friends and uh, my dear learners is that we want to understand we need to understand what is important for us to understand what is happening in the world we can't close our eyes and say la wala quwwata illa billah all this is very very bad and yes it is very bad true right but we have to understand allah has given us aql allah has given us intelligence allah has given us the ability to distinguish the ability to choose the ability to know that is what a muslim really is right a mu'min is a strong person intellectually emotionally right physically uh, in, in all respects a muslim has to be strong so therefore this program is for that purpose for us to understand our challenges and to be able to know what the appropriate response is going to be to it so alhamdulillah we'll go to the slide on definitions and uh, let's just understand firstly what this all they talking about is firstly there's three simple things that we need to understand and these are new terms that they have coined so we have to understand the terms so we have something that is known as cisgender which is individuals whose gender is assigned at birth and who accept and conform with their gender identity now you can see there's a green light next to it because this is what is normal you were born as a boy they recorded you in the birth certificate as a boy as a male and mashallah you are a boy you are a man and if you were born as a female as a girl you were recorded as such and that is who you will be and that is what who you are there's no choice in the matter there's no argument in the matter there's no debate in the matter is that correct all of us agree with that so that is cisgender and that is how things are and that's how things should be now we hear of something that is called transgender lgbt in the t they talking about transgender now what is transgender transgender refers to individuals whose gender which is assigned at birth are questioning whether they are that or not right so that is where the yellow light comes that you are now not sure about who you are and what your identity is and then the third one where we see the red light what we understand this is an acronym for individuals who choose to be something besides who they are and this is where the problem is Allah created you as a man Allah created you as a male and now we are saying that we are not what Allah created us to be and I am something else so just to understand this for example in life let's take the example when you have a tap or a or a mixer you have hot water and you have what's on the other side hot water also or no water cold water correct so you have a hot water and cold water Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created things systematically in pairs Allah has created things to work in tandem with each other and that is what the whole human race is about so for example and i'm going to use this uh, example just very loosely right on a soccer pitch you have the right wing and how many right wings you have one three or two one right wing isn't that so looks like your boys are on watching soccer and all that yeah allah all right very good boys mashallah keep it up All right so you have a right wing and you have a left wing if we say no there's no left wing what we going to do and cut out the left wing what we have to do we'll have to make the pitch half isn't that so so therefore in everything we find there is a system there is an order that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created and we cannot disrupt this order we can't change this order because it is a natural order of things and that is why if we go to the next slide 
just as another example, if I stand here in front of you and you I say that I am a cat, what I say I am? A? Everybody's laughing or you're not laughing, you're listening. G? Will you all believe me? You won't believe me. Anyone will believe me, pick up your right hand. I'm a cat. Maybe I should say I'm Molana cat. Anybody believes I'm Molana cat? No, there's no Molana cat, right? So if I believe or I try to convince people or accept, uh, make people accept that I am something that I, I'm not, then what does it mean? It means who's got a problem? Do you all have a problem not accepting who I am or do I have a problem in thinking I'm something else or someone else? Who's got the problem? I've got the problem, right? Let's just use another example. For example, let's take, you know, in this world, there are 20 times more insects than humans, right? Allah has created 20 times the amount of insects or maybe 20 times more species of insects and in quantity also as far as human beings are concerned. So let's take the example of an ant, right? If an ant says that I want to be a man, right? What will we say? Is that possible? It's not possible. It's not something that's even debatable. That ant will tell the ant that the ant, you are an ant and you remain an ant, right? You can't be a man. And if a man wants to be an ant, what will happen? The same thing. So we're just using the simple examples to show that it is something that is not arguable. It's not something that is, uh, that we can accept as an argument. So if we go to the basics, we see the first block on the right there. Our belief is, and our position is, right, as Muslims, as believers, right, and as normal human beings, that we belong to Allah and my body is a trust. Allah has given all of these things to us, our entire anatomy, as a trust. And what is the rule of a trust? That it has to be looked after, right? It has to be protected and it has to be, the trust of it has to be fulfilled. So on the other hand, we have a born free attitude where my life to do as I wish. That's what the mentality out there is as far as this aspect is concerned. Then we have a gender. Our genders are divinely ordained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we know. And then we have that versus gender identity is a matter of choice. I don't have to accept the gender that I am. I can choose some other genders. Anyone knows how many new genders they have created? You lost count. <laughs> you lost count already. I saw one article 52. But then after I, I heard it's 102. Anybody got more? Right. What it is and who it is, half the time it is more questioning uh, what it is than anything else. Anyway, accept and appreciate my reality. That is our position. That we accept and we appreciate. Allah created us in the way that we are. And we're not going to question that. The other approach is, if you look on the slide, it's a dismissive approach of divine decree. Which is what it is. It is a rebellion against Allah Rabbul Alameen, the Creator. And fourthly, we believe that we are fully accountable and responsible for our actions. Isn't that so? We believe in the day of Qiyamah. We believe in the Kitabs. We believe in the angels writing our deeds. We believe in all of these things. And on the other hand, we have the concept that there is no belief in reckoning. I'm free to do and say what I want. I'm not going to be questioned and I'm not answerable to anybody. And this is the concept of disbelief and uh, not, uh, not uh, accepting the, the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you look at the next slide, these are just a few points here. 
where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls upon us to submit. Right? And this is now the next slide. Uh, this is now being uh, reinforced by science. Right? That scientific dis- discovery is telling us that uh, the wonders and the wisdoms of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are indeed great and unique. And the mastery of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is becoming more and more evident in this world today right, than ever before because of the scientific development that is taking place as far as the gestation of man which is mentioned in the Quran al-Kareem and as far as so many other aspects that we uh, have now come to know of. So the true extent of the wisdom, the question is but why can't we choose? Why can't we make up our own minds? The answer to that is that the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always elude our minds. Right? It is too deep and profound for man to truly fathom the great wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thirdly, man only scratches the surface of reality. Whatever we know today about everything that we see around us is just a surface reality of what the truth and the reality is. Yet even in the surface view, the mind is boggled as to the intricacies and the wonders of the creation of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore the call is that let us submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hikmah, His greatness and His wisdom, and in that is our, uh, that is our safety and in our protection, rather than rebelling against the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now let's understand, next slide one. Let's understand the next thing, that why are people doing this? Why are people natural order and something which is not only logical but it's also proven through over ages, through the centuries and they are moving towards some other type of thinking and mentality. What is the reason? So the reason is that there is a global campaign and a, if you want to call it maybe a conspiracy also or an idea that there has to be the breakdown of the natural order, of the family order, of the order of the world, so that it does not flow in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it. Man does not get direction. Man does not move in the way that Allah wants him to live, but it is moving in another distorted way. So we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instituted marriage as the legal way to establish the authenticity of lineage. And we find today that the phenomena is to break down this institution concept of marriage and authenticity so that there is chaos as far as people are concerned. No one knows who their uh, parents are. People do not understand the value, the family system, the lineage system, right? So we find that, like for example, in the United States, that one in every two children come from a single parent family. In other words, we find that the entire a fabric of the family system has now been destroyed in that particular country. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran al-Kareem, the ayat is there, uh, and various other ayat, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the fact that we have been created as male, as female. If Allah wished, in the Quran, He should have just said, I created man. And everything else would have been self-explanatory. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took it upon Himself to actually elaborate the fact that we are created in two genders, the male and the female, and from there <coughs> we find that the entire humanity has spread. So, wisdom of different roles, this can be just a quick read, that Islam defines and promulgates the unique status of males and females in society. There is a reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this, 
And men and women have unique roles and responsibilities and they differ in anatomy, physiology and psychology. And this should not be disrupted. And each person should embrace and be confident of their gender and identity and acknowledge the Creator through our recognition of this great wisdom and reality. Now, we come to a very important part of the presentation and that is the battle with this disorder that we see all around the world, everyone is talking about it, that you need to understand it, you need to accept it, you need to be sympathetic towards it. What is the reality behind this? Firstly, we believe that there is no basis for such a thing. There is no basis for such an ideology. There is no basis for such thinking. Right? The entire concept, it defies faith, logic, moral values. It is unnatural, it is contradictory, it is inconsistent and it is unsubstantiated. That's the reality of it. The second thing we find with the disorder is that it has gained a global momentum. Right? There's a global campaign. It's a massive calculated propaganda and media campaign to deconstruct the natural order. And our brother, Advocate Vahid, spoke about how the internet is being used to manipulate stats and facts and the minds of people. So we, they are using this to the fullest. And the idea is to demolish the family system by promotion of birth control, aspects like feminism, gender equality, promiscuity, immorality through media, etc. And they have made people believe that marriage is not cool. You don't need to get married to live a happy life. You can just live and have and do what you want and things will go on. So the other aspect is the battle of the minds and this is where the media comes in. That the entire world and you as Students in the university, in a school, you are being targeted through a syllabus, through media, to acknowledge this distorted and immoral, unnatural order, and acceptance for something that is diametrically opposite to the natural and divine order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the other aspect that they are using is the aspect of sympathy seeking. That no, you know, be tolerant about it, understand that we also have a voice, understand that we also have a right, understand that we have freedom. As I explained to you, if something is completely destructive, it is obstructive, it is something that is like the right of the field and the left of the field, or like an ant that wants to be a man, or a man that wants to be an ant, or if there's only two cold waters, you're going to have a cold water shower every day, or if you only have hot water and you're going to get burnt, how is that going to work? Right? So, Therefore, it is important for us to understand what is happening and to be very, very circumspect and be inquiring about it and not to be beguiled by the uh, type of campaign and media that we are faced with. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding of this. So, uh, the last slide that we, I will go through quickly and that is battling the disorder, right? Or our response to this. How do we now respond to it? How do we grapple with it? And that's very important. Because at the end of the day, we have a problem. We can't, uh, we can't wish the problem away. In everything in life, this is something that you must remember as a young person. That challenges are going to arise from time to time. And you're not going to be able to wish problems away. You can't take your head and bury it in the sand and say, no, there's no problem. Right? Islam, Deenul Islam and the Quran and the Sunnah teach us to be able to embrace our challenges. Right? And to deal with them effectively. Right? Not deal with them in a way that is going to be destructive and obstructive, but to deal with them effectively. So the first point there we find that we are definitely in a battlefield of faith. And when I say battlefield of faith, I don't mean now that we are there to fight with people physically and that, but we are in this battle of minds. 
We're in the battle of emotions. We are in the battle of intellect. We're in the battle of the media. Right? And this is where we need to be present. This is where you need to empower yourself. This is where the uh, previous presentations about reading came in, about understanding the, the media challenges, about understanding AI, or understanding uh, what's it in the industrial revolution. All of these things come to the fore as far as our response and our ability to cope with this type of situation. So therefore, have conviction as a believer that we are on the truth. This is something that we must never be apologetic about. Right? People may call, no, we are so orthodox. The way you're carrying on, you're not understanding the bigger world reality. No. We are the true patrons of the Quran al-Kareem and the Sunnah and Islam. And therefore, we will remain upon this cause irrespective of what the world comes and tells us. So, have conviction, be confident and don't waver to anyone. The second thing that we need to do is strengthen our position. We need to strengthen ourselves. You know, we're speaking about this development all the time. And this is what this program is for. To make us ourselves stronger all the time. Because the forces are strong. The forces are heavy. And we need the strength to be able to cope. So strengthen our position through spirituality, through understanding of our value system, so that we can be safe and positively influence others towards the right path. And be clear and categorical with yourself. You have to be sure yourself about who you are and what you are promoting before you are able to uh, explain to others and influence others. So uh, we must be clear that such values can never be embraced and we need to steer clear from all such notions. And lastly, actively we should create, I think this is an important aspect and Imam Safwan can uh, look at this through the Dean Pro platform, that we need to create our own block of morality of positive, a positive voice of action using social media in a collective way, individually. Because everything that we are being told, how are we being told it? When we are getting updates, where we are getting it from? It's through media, it's through social media. We're coming to know things on the instant, right? Before Cain's ball went over the post also, right? Everybody knew what it was, wherever you were in the world, right? Although there was no rainbow that day, but... We knew what was happening, right? So, therefore, uh, importantly, that we look at uh, creating this counter-promote with our values. We need to counter-promote. If we're just going to keep quiet, we're not going to come onto the field, and we're not going to play the game in the way it's supposed to be played, then we are going to be compromised, right? We are going to become the victims of being bombarded, right? We don't want to park our bus off by the goalpost there, and keep on just defending and defending and defending. How long we want to be defend? Who wants to be a defender here? Everybody wants to be a? What you all want to be? Strikers, yeah. Everybody wants to score goals. So we need to become people who score goals, not defending and defending all the time. Right, we've got to get out of our defensive mode and we've got to become strikers. So therefore, use the social media collectively and effectively and inshallah through that we'll be able to save ourselves and save our future generations. And very importantly is our iman and the sunnah of Rasulullah There's the du'as there. The next slide gives us the du'as and I will request Mu'ad Safwan again inshallah to uh, get these du'as and put them up on the social media platforms. The first du'a is protection from doubt after realizing truth. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minashakki very important dua of Nabi Sallallahu we should learn this dua. The protection from going to doubt, right, after having the truth and realizing the truth. The next dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hawri ba'dal kawri. 
which means Allah save me from decline. Don't push me back after I have gone front. I have made progress. Allah now protect me and don't let me slip. Right? You don't take two steps, three steps forward and then you go four steps back. Allah let me take, keep taking steps forward and building myself. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hawri ba'd al-kawr. And the third dua is a bit of a lengthy dua. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min anna zilla o azilla o uzilla o adilla o dalla o ajhala o ujhala alayna. That's a bit of a lengthy dua but the meaning of the dua is Oh Allah save me from slipping. Right? We don't want to slip, not slipping on the floor here, but slipping in my faith, slipping in my conviction, slipping in my mind, slipping in my deen, and save me from being misguided or being overwhelmed by uh, and captivated by ignorance, etc. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us a good understanding of the challenges that we are facing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast upon our iman and our deen and our identity and our Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. Wa akhiru da'wanan alhamdulillah.